0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the How to Adult with Travis Walker podcast. Today we brought on an amazing human. She has an amazing Instagram presence with very interesting, very important topics. Her name is Kara. She has a business that's all about connecting adults to play, connecting adults back to fun because it improves our lives. So listen to this podcast, also share the podcast if you're listening right now, so that all of our friends and family can connect to their inner child and connect back to fun, and then we can all be living our best lives. With all that being said, y'all, let's get into the show and learn how to adult. Alright, it's time for another show. We've got Kara. I am so excited to learn from you. You've got an incredible social media presence with a very specific topic, and so I'm really excited to have you.
1: I'm so excited to be here and chat with you, Travis.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's great. That's great. So before we get in our topic for today, I'd love to just get to know you a little bit better. What do you do for a living? Where are you located? What, what's going on with Kara?
1: Yeah. So Kara lives in Toronto, Canada, and it is beautiful summer night right now. So just soaking that up. And for a living, uh, two years ago, I would have had a very different answer for you, but now I am a play and mindset coach and the founder of the Playful Warrior. So I run a business that reconnects adults back to play and to their childlike wonder. And previously though, I worked in PR, public relations for 10 years up until the pandemic. And then as many did, I got laid off and kind of went through this wild healing journey and um, got to wow. say wasn't very playful before. Um, but yeah, I'm sure we'll go more into it. But on on my way in that dark time, I found play, and that really changed everything for me and started this business.
0: I love that. I love that. My degree is in public relations, so this is incredible uh, this, I think we're going to have a great conversation. Uh, so how do you find that? Yeah, I'm going to be a coach and play. How do you even find that you're going to do that and, and start that journey?
1: Yeah. So yeah, I guess exactly. Well, a bit more than two years now. Um, like January, 2020, I, at the time had been just going through so much. I had a relationship end. I was having health issues with epilepsy. I was in my corporate job and I really didn't like it. So I really didn't like uh, where I was in agency. It was really like burnout central and just didn't feel aligned. Um, Also, I was doing inner child healing and therapy regularly. And it was like, it was always so heavy like just right. uncovering childhood trauma and so just my whole life just felt so heavy and then when i lost my job um as it was financially I also had this feeling I've never had before of like internal peace and right. just excitement that now I had a chance to kind of again, just not knowing what that was. But my therapist had suggested, oh, Carrie, you should try playing as a way to connect with your inner child and heal I was like cool but what does that mean because for me play used to be very competitive i thought of play as i did like like kind of competitive sports or competitive dance or going to a board game place and like having to win i right. didn't know how to play and just detach from an outcome my play was always about like proving my worth and needing to win and needing to achieve um so i actually learned that i actually wasn't really connected to the true spirit of play and i didn't know how to do that so I started looking for resources on how to do that and they really couldn't find anything. Right. I found a lot of books about, Like the science of play which was amazing and it was so exciting to read that and realize that wow this actually is so important um but for like how to play i really couldn't find anything for adults and so that kind of gave me an idea and because i was starting to like be more playful because i was disconnected from my toxic work situation um i started having all these ideas come up for like how adults could play and i just started doing that every day and i started making this long list of ways to play and then I just noticed all these changes within, like, I was so much more creative. I was more adaptable. I wasn't taking things as personally. I could, like, problem solve playfully. Like, everything was shifting. So I was like, okay, I think this is a business idea. More people need play. And this was, like, height of the pandemic when it's, like, so serious, right? And like, Right. Like- the last thing on everyone's mind so um so yeah it became this business idea of okay I want to spread the power of play I want to become a play coach and I don't know anyone else doing this but I just had this really strong intuition that that was what I was supposed to do but it was scary because it's not like I could talk to people that were doing it and I really felt like oh my goodness like is this gonna work or not but I just had yeah it was really like an intuitive pull to go forward with it
0: wow That's incredible and an incredible story, and and I think that's a really good like green light. Kind of a side note: it's a great green light when you don't see anyone doing what you're doing because that means you're you're leading the charge. So that's really awesome that you found that. Um, That so that's so interesting. You bring up like how we view play. We view play as winning. Uh, How how do we have those ideas form in our minds? Where did that come from?
1: Yeah. It starts so young. Like, honestly, like I think schooling is a big part of it. Um, you know, cause I can even remember as young as grade one, like I learned that I was not good at art. And oh, so yeah. I remember like, I couldn't draw on the lines. Cause you know, I was this kid, like bullying my self expression, but then you start getting teamed as a kid. Like you learn what's good. You learn what's bad. You learn what you should do and what you shouldn't do. And then you are shamed if you can't do those things. So for me, because I couldn't draw the lines, it was like, oh, I'm not good at art. So why would I do art? Why would I do something I'm not good at? Because I learned to only get pleasure when I got like validation from something that I was good at it. Whereas now I could look at art and be like, art is just self-expression. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It's just about having fun. I don't need to be like Picasso, you know, can just be like a good time. Um, But yeah, really it's like these, these um, really from like ages like zero to seven is really when our subconscious got programmed, we started telling ourselves these stories, um, because we took everything so personally, we didn't have this critical factor of our conscious mind to really discern things. So we just learned like, I'm not good enough. And something like that, that belief really shapes a lot of people's relationship with play because for them, then play becomes about proving their worth.
0: Right. Right. Wow. Okay. So when when you're coaching adults on how to kind of readjust their mindset and reframe how they view play, what are some of the things that adults have to unlearn?
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. So much. So, <laughs> <laughs> there's so much. Uh, so like a big one is this belief that I'm not good enough. Um, a lot of people, honestly, a big block is fear of judgment. Like fear yeah. that if they are their silly self, they will be judged and rejected and they'll be weird. And, you know, that's really like this childhood abandonment wound. Like it all goes back to the wounded inner child and things that happen in childhood. Um, and it's getting like reignited almost. And they have that feeling that that could happen if they they play again. Because um, yeah. they've really been like traumatized out of their own self-expression. They learned that they had to be professional or serious to fit in. Um, so it's like, we, first of all, kind of uncovering your limiting beliefs is step one. Um, right. so, so like doing a mindset deep dive and seeing what beliefs you have. But one of those is also like safety. A lot of people don't feel safe to be in the present, right? After trauma, like you're so in autopilot. You're coping, whether it's with alcohol or just being busy and like work workaholism and all of that. Um, so actually like connecting to the present moment is scary for a lot of people, right. uh, their body, because they're connected from their body. Um, so yeah, so we do the mindset work with the subconscious mind to really get clear on the beliefs. And then I'm also a hypnotherapist and an NLP practitioner. So with those modalities, we're able to start rewiring their subconscious mind to create that safety. And then for me to start playing again with adults, like I create this really safe environment where we start by purposely just trying to do stuff that is bad quote unquote, bad. I mean, I don't really, okay. that. but you know, for example, one exercise we do is getting a blindfold and starting art again with the blindfold. Because when you have a blindfold, you're not going to judge what you're creating because you can't see it. Right? right. It takes away that factor that's like, would we'll be looking at your art and being like, oh, this looks like crap. So the blindfold makes it fun because now it gets to be silly. Of course, it's not going to look quote unquote, good. It gets to just be fun. And so that starts relaxing people into this more playful place. So we do it with a combination of fun play and mindset work. Um, And then they just, it's so beautiful. You see adults starting to like rediscover that childlike wonder again when they, they didn't think it was there.
0: Yeah, that's incredible. That is incredible. So there's a ton of things that, you know, adults have to unlearn mainly from, you know, childhood or upbringing. Why? But uh, you know, this is effort, right? We got to put effort into this. So let's talk about why it's so important for adults to engage in fun or, uh, or play, as you mentioned earlier, why is it so important for us to engage in these things? Cause I think it's the first thing that adults put on the back burner. So why is it so important?
1: Yes. Do you have 10 hours? No, I'm <laughs> <kidding>. <laughs> it's, it's so important, but I'll sum it up. Uh, so basically gosh i think one of the most reasons it's important is for joy like joy is so important why are we all working so hard if we aren't happy like life is so short we are meant to be joyful beings and i know one of the most common top five regrets of the dying is that they had wished they let themselves be happier and you right. know, like, on your deathbed that's what really matters it's not all these achievements or like promotions or anything like that's great but ultimately like being your joyful silly self um another big one is creativity sparking your creativity and your imagination creativity and play are really synonymous um adaptability right uh, problem solving skills boosting your brain function boosting your memory boosting your focus like there's so much cognitive benefits of play also a really big one is relationships Um, okay gets overlooked but play really improves relationships and builds connection with people. I know for me, like, I feel like I've had relationships that haven't worked out because there's been a lack of playfulness play really helps me connect with someone and it ignites that spark, but it doesn't even have to be romantic. Just like in the workplace. I also do corporate team building sessions. When you get to see your colleague being like playful in activity, you get to know a different side of them and you feel more connected. So it's so important for improving relationships. Also just like passion. Is yes, It brings more passion to our life. Also for the spiritual people out there, it connects us to our intuition as well. Like I found I've been much more intuitive since I have started prioritizing play. Um, And then one that I think that doesn't get talked about enough, that is also probably the biggest thing I do is it builds self-esteem. Right. It builds self-esteem when we play because we are saying that we are safe to be ourselves and we don't care how the world receives us because we are important. Our needs are important. So we're going to play. It doesn't matter if people call us silly or weird or anything, we are worth it. We are worth the joy and we don't want to filter ourselves anymore to belong.
0: Right. Oh my gosh. That's so good. That's yeah. so good. Uh, so, How does it improve self-esteem? I think this is such a big topic. And so I'd like to dive into the self-esteem portion because I I know you're in Canada, but I think there's a self-esteem issue in the United States. And I think that, you know, uh, maybe this is our our answer. So I'd like to dive into why is building self-esteem through play uh, so important and the way to do it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think honestly, self-esteem is a worldwide issue, at least definitely in Canada <laughs> or North, North America for sure. Yes. <laughs> um, so yeah. It's so funny. I would have never thought of connecting play and self-esteem before. Um, but then when you started doing inner child healing, I really realized why because essentially For me, like as a kid, I was so playful. Like I would shriek every time it was time to eat. I would dance, (laughs) the neighbors were coming, right? I was so in my self expression. And if I just wanted to dance, I was going to dance because I felt like it, because it felt good. But then, right, with this. mean, the conditioning happens we learn that like oh like i don't like the way my body looks when i'm like rolling my body anymore we start oh. judging our movement because we learn to shift and we learn to belong and we get those messages um so basically that is really when we start getting those messages and we start leaving play we're actually leaving our true nature and we're starting to build lower self-worth because our self-worth starts being put into other people's hands right we're just trying to get love and belonging outside of us because we haven't learned that we're good enough inherently because we are good enough inherently that's the truth but as kids we don't know that we think we're only good enough if we get the grades or we get maybe when we're a bit older the boyfriend or the girlfriend or whoever um and so when we go to play like play is really just this authentic self-expression where you are allowing yourself to be fully in your self-expression no matter how you are received and that is such a powerful, powerful way to say that, yeah, you matter and you are building, building that self-esteem. Like it is that act of saying, I am important and just not no longer worrying what other people think. Because when I started my business, um, I asked like hundreds of people, uh, would you be doing something different if you didn't care what other people thought of you? And like everyone except a few people said yes. Right. And it was like so wild how much how others perceive us changes what we do. And there's just so many people who are like, even if you're like on vacation and you're like scared to get up on stage in front of strangers when they like call people out. um, Right. But it's like when you're like, just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the people think. You just want to experience the joy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So when when you're in this journey of reconnecting yourself to play and fun, um, how do you how do you find the right play for yourself? You know, some people love to play golf. I don't, but, you know, some people do. And so do you just try a bunch of things and see what works? Or is there kind of a, an, another way that you suggest finding your play or finding your fun?
1: Yeah, so I think that you, like you said, there's definitely play for everyone. And actually, I always say play is more so a mindset than an activity. Um, oh, wow. So play could look really different for everyone. But the question you would ask yourself is like, am I having fun doing this? Am I feeling curious? Am I detached from an outcome? Then that could be fun. So like golf could be play for people. Right. Um, but if they're like, I'm having a terrible time, if I get like a hundred or whatever, um, <laughs> and they're having like zero fun, then they're actually like straying away from the true spirit of play. But if they can just like enjoy being outside, like, sure. You want to like shoot a nice score, but like, you're still going to have fun either way. Then that could totally be play. Um, but for some people play could just be like, I'm going to wear two different socks today because it makes me feel silly. And yeah. like, it's like, just like such a simple thing, but that's a simple way to play for some people. It's like going on a walk and not knowing where the destination is. Um, it's really about that mindset, but as for how to like explore different types of play. I mean, I do that with people. I take people on like an eight week journey with all the different kinds of ways. So you can discover what's your best. Um, but if you're in your own journey, I mean, I always say to people, like, if you remember, if you have memories, think about what you love to do as a kid. Yeah. And how can you do some of those things today? I know some people don't have memories, um, but yeah, just start exploring the world and start looking at things with new perspectives. Like even I know when I'm on a walk and I um, I just like look up or I look down and I notice new things every time because we just get so stuck in autopilot in our daily stress. But there's like this massive world up there. Like I'm sure you just saw those pictures of space, which is like right. so wild. Um, Yeah. So it's just, there's just so, so much to explore. But I think with play, the biggest thing is like not putting pressure on yourself Um, because so many people avoid different forms of play because they think they have to be like good at it, but just knowing that's not what it's about at all. It's really about having fun. It doesn't matter what you look like or what your creation may look like.
0: Right. Right. You just mentioned like the pressure of play. So if you feel like pressure applied, as you're trying to engage in play is that it like a key indicator like i don't know if this is actual play or or fun that's connecting me to joy
1: yeah well that's like usually perfectionism um so so that's why like a big part of my business is helping people unlearn perfectionism so they can play because those two things are very separate for me so for example it was like i invited a friend out painting um to like a paint night where you have like a glass of wine and you like um, you paint a picture and it's not like super serious. And they're like, no, I'm sorry, I can't go to that. That would like stress me out. Wow. And they're just like, oh, well, like I just suck at painting and I would just feel like all this pressure. And it's like, that's really stemming from perfectionism and this need to like prove your worth even if it's subconscious um, because perfectionists don't think they're perfect. They think they're not good enough. And,
0: wow. and
1: it's really just like coping strategy. Um, is to try to be good at things, to get love and belonging, but they never feel like they're good enough. And so what I try to do is help people release that perfectionism handbrake so they can actually start enjoying life because they're always putting so much pressure on themselves. Um, Because internally, as a kid, they learned that they were never good enough.
0: Right, right. Wow. Okay, okay. I'm going to get to perfectionism in just a moment, but I, I kind of want to dive into why is it the first thing? You know, earlier I mentioned that fun is put on the back burner. Play is put on the back burner almost immediately it when things start building up why is that why is it the first thing that we put on the back burner is fun uh as we you know navigate through life we just put that on the back burner when it when we're saying right here it's so important and so fundamental to joy uh why is it the first thing
1: I wish I knew. Someone (laughs) in society, I don't know. I gotta find them. Whoever started this like messaging that happened. But yeah, it's just something we learn as kids, right? Like we learn and I learned as a kid that it's just for kids. It's silly and it's immature and it's not a priority. And that like tasks and obligations come before play. And of course, like we all want to have fun, but like you're saying, it's like we feel like we have to do the other stuff first. And then maybe if we have time, we'll like get to do something fun at the end of the day. Um, so yeah, it's just learning though that that narrative isn't working anymore. And slowly there's a playful awakening happening where people are realizing that actually, wait, if I'm play, if I take time to like play and take a break, I'll actually be more productive. I'm not gonna be more productive if I just crank all day and then burn myself out. Like actually a play break would have made me more productive um but yeah i don't know like who started this messaging <laughs> but <laughs> if you know them let me give them a call so
0: yeah absolutely so you just mentioned a, a good word which is productivity H- have you found any linkage between uh you know engaging in authentic play and productivity how how have th- do those things come together in your research or in, in your journey
1: Totally. Um, so Stuart Brown, who is a famous play researcher has research on this, um, for anyone who's interested, I recommend his book called play. Um, and yeah, so play definitely boosts productivity and, um, something I, I don't want to give off the wrong stat, but it's like, I I believe it's 37 to 38% more productive after doing something playful, um, which is so funny. And I know for me, even like with all my business ideas, always happens when I'm playing it never happens when I'm like forcing myself it's like when it's just like when you're in a walk or you're in the shower and you get an idea like the same thing happens with play but yet it's so funny how much we resist it or we think it's just going to be so purposeless but it's like literally the best thing we can do for us but it's like so hard to get people to do it
0: right Right. I I completely agree. I mean, when I come up with new podcast episodes, it's usually because I'm walking on my treadmill, listening to a podcast. And so I, I can totally connect to that. And it totally makes sense to me. Um So you mentioned perfectionism as part of your business as well. And so I'd love for you to kind of talk about perfectionism and how it connects to play. Uh, You know, some people might have different definitions to perfectionism. People might think of perfectionism in a positive way. Uh, You know, I think that there's an argument for for everything in there. Uh, But I'd love to hear how perfectionism factors into this conversation.
1: Yeah, so yeah, I always used to be like a proud perfectionist. I thought it was like this badge of honor. I thought I was super detail oriented. And like in the PR world, just like thought it was such a great thing. And I mean, attention to detail is important. Um, But then when I started doing like going to therapy and inner child healing, um, I really uncovered this belief that like, I am not good enough. So I feel like I have to constantly, constantly prove myself, right? Like, for example. Um, as a perfectionist, it would be very scary to take messy action. Like it would be scary for me to post something with like a typo. And it's like, although consciously I wasn't saying I'm not good enough, like subconsciously, that was what I was feeling because I really wanted things to look as good as possible because I just had shame internally. Um, I know Kay Brown talks about it a lot too, um, how perfectionism is really the shield that, you know, um, that has all the shame and judgment underneath it so I totally agree though that everyone does have different definitions but for me I think it really comes from this idea that love is conditional when your kids like that you only get love if you um check off the right boxes and if you do things well and we just learn to like compare ourselves to people we learn who's better and- yeah it's worse and like just like all these rules that we try to fit in that really detract us from play and when we are trying to be like perfect or as good as possible um that is literally the opposite of play because play <laughs> doesn't care about that at all play is so connected to love and fun and like messiness and embracing that um which is why as for me as a perfectionist play was so healing like for me to start like finger painting was amazing it's something that a lot of perfectionists think they actually might hate but then when they start doing it they're like oh my god this feels so good this is so liberating yeah um, because they usually don't like let themselves like get messy
0: right right that's so interesting
1: yeah and i think
0: another thing about perfectionism is that it really holds people back from you know their dreams especially in the content creation world you know it there's so many people that are thinking about having a podcast. They're thinking about being content creators on YouTube or Instagram or whatever, but they won't do it because they're scared that their product is not going to be good enough. My first podcast was not fantastic, but you know you have to take that leap uh, of, of pushing against perfectionism or you'll never take action. And I'm big on taking action. I think it's really, really important. Um, but Yeah, that, that's my first thought as you're speaking. Any reaction to that?
1: It's so true. Like, cause I have so many clients that I work with are recovering perfectionists and yeah, like so much procrastination, like so many, like wanting to launch a program. Oh, but the name isn't right. The branding isn't right. I need a website, you know, like just constantly delaying because there's really this fear of failure. Right. Uh, and sometimes actually it's a fear of success too um often it's a fear of being seen though right because you feel like you're not enough as you are so you need all this shiny stuff around you so that people will like you um because you're scared to show the real you um but yeah it's it's wild though because procrastination perfectionism can really cost people a lot of money Um,
0: right
1: and I think it confuses people because yeah especially in the business world I think it's thought of this as this good thing so some people are like oh this isn't that big of a problem but it's like all this, like, delaying and procrastination can cause business owners, like, a lot of money, right? Like, by just you could have been making money the last, you know, six months. <laughs> and people also really don't care that much as much as you think they do, right? Right. But we're all just too worried about our own shit.
0: <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. I completely agree. Um, so, when you think about kind of the harmful characteristics of, you know, Procrastination, perfectionism, um, not engaging in player fun. What are some of those key characteristics that we should keep an eye out in our lives, uh, so that it, you know, if we're engaging in some of these harmful characteristics, maybe we can have that light bulb of, hey, I need to maybe engage in some play, and that 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 might get me back on the right track.
1: Yeah. Oh, I love that. Um, yeah. So I feel like perfectionism can be really sneaky. Um, can be as sneaky as like writing an email editing it for like 20 minutes yes. and like you know things like that and so just you you get caught up in it and you're just like really double checking everything and it's like sure if you're working at a financial company and you're sending out like millions of dollars maybe you really want to check that email <laughs> like maybe the stakes are really high but yeah. if you're like in a more low stakes situation i know i like with every email it was like so carefully done couldn't have a typo um and i'm not saying like everyone should do typos it's just like <laughs> taking that pressure off of yourself. So in those moments and where you notice like, oh, like I've been doing this for a while, just like taking a breath, realizing it's not that serious people like, you know, like one typo wouldn't kill you. Um, And yeah, go play a little, right. And just have a playful mindset as you do it, because play can be incorporated into work as well. Like I always say to people, when you're working, you can play, like you can Do a twirl on the way to get a coffee or a tea, or you can do like a shaking meditation before a call to like, just boost your energy. Like there's so many ways to incorporate it in your day. And as you start doing that stuff, I think you're less likely to like fall into this trap of perfectionism.
0: Right, right. You say you work with businesses as well, right? Mm -hmm. So, so what are our businesses cut? they're obviously, the highest levels of leadership are bringing you in to come talk about player perfectionism. Why are they doing that? what What do they see it affect their, you know, uh their staff's mental health? what What are they bringing you in for? What's the outcome that they're hoping that you'll you'll have?
1: So I will say the work I do with coaching versus organizations is a bit different. Sure. I feel like organizations are not ready for the perfectionism talk uh, <laughs> because they are still, very much like in that and celebrating that. Not all of them necessarily, but a lot of the ones I work with. Um, the when I go with organizations, we just more do like playful team building activities and we talk about the science behind play and why play is important. Um, but yeah, it's always so interesting. You notice just how much everyone's judging themselves, like in the Zoom chat. Oh my God, what I drew looks terrible. And <laughs> you know, it's like, that's the point. We're having fun. Um, but it's yeah. great. You see the team connecting and laughing which is really what they need and is so big for their mental health like I know when I was in corporate I really needed that whereas then in my coaching it's like a more deep dive into your subconscious and into perfectionism and into your inner child um, where I haven't really encountered um, organizations yet who have wanted to chat about like the inner child or perfectionism
0: wow Wow, that's that's very interesting. I was interesting and in, in, I was interested in kind of what businesses are doing, and, and so you see more and more businesses wanting their uh their uh employees to engage in play as they're working. Is that what you're seeing?
1: Mm, yeah.
0: Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. That's really awesome. Um. So let's talk about kind of as we re- kind of reject or let go of perfectionism. You know, some people think. Perf- perfectionism is connected to like a perfect outcome or like an optimal outcome is uh, so as we reject perfectionism how do we still care about a a good outcome
1: mm yeah i love that yeah this comes back to like healthy achievement i think so i always say there's a difference between healthy achievement and perfectionism because i'm not saying that you shouldn't care at all and you should just like forget <laughs> everything you should care and you should want to like reach your fullest potential and strive to be good but as you do that take care of yourself like set boundaries honor your energy what happens is when we are driven by perfectionism we are really driven by fear And that is when we start getting exhausted, we aren't taking care of ourselves, we're burning out, we're people pleasing, we don't know how to say no sometimes. Um, And it just gets so like obsessive because it's so fear based. But if you can really like lead with love, like you can still try to do your best, but you have a better capacity to say like, no on your energy or I can't help with that task. I have too much on my plate. Um, So yeah, so definitely want to make that clarification that achieving in a healthy way is always a good thing
0: yeah so that that's a fantastic answer. I'm completely satisfied with that that's awesome. So what do you think when when our our agendas our schedules are filling up you know we see that we're really busy this week, we're really busy that day. How do we just do that little small thing that's going to connect us to play? Uh, Or how do we, you know, readjust how we're viewing our schedule to prioritize play as we're planning out our week or we're planning out our day? What what, what are some of those little things that we can integrate?
1: I love that. So schedule play. If you are planning like on the Monday or the Sunday, whenever you do your calendar, literally put play time or you can put like a fun word if whatever you wanna call it, uh, it doesn't have to necessarily be play time, um, but literally scheduling it in, it can be in little blocks, like 10 minute blocks, one hour blocks, whenever, like honor that time and like put it in your calendar. Like hopefully if you have a workplace that's like supportive of mental health, like, they know that like that is your playtime, do not bother you. Um, And I always say though, you don't necessarily need to plan your play, like exactly what you're going to do because you want it to be as spontaneous as possible. um, Because that's really the true spirit of play when you're not like super in your logical brain and you already know what you're going to do. Like you want it to be fun with this sense of wonder. Um, So when it comes to playtime, you can just check in with your heart and see like, what would I feel like doing right now? What am I curious about? And then you can just do that and take off that pressure, like no work for that hour or that 10 minutes, however long it is.
0: Wow. That's really good. That's really, really good advice. Uh, So, Let's just end on the the benefits. So, what are the biggest benefits of integrating play and adult schedule uh, and working against perfectionism? So these big overarching messages that you're that you're pushing is, is, I think, engage in play and and kind of work against perfectionism. What are the biggest benefits? Why should we be doing this?
1: Yeah, so definitely for improving our relationships with ourselves and with other people, sparking our creativity, our adaptability, our problem solving skills, really our mental health and our well-being, which is so important, <laughs> right? Like it soothes our um it sues our cortisol, reduces our cortisol, which is stress, releases endorphins and dopamine, you know, the feel-good hormones we all love, helps yeah. us rested, um, nurtures our vagus nerve, which is amazing too. So like so many of us are anxious right now, living in survival mode. Like that is exactly why you need play. Um, creativity I know like connecting with play has made me so much more creative um yeah just like the best brain booster and it's a natural brain booster which is so cool
0: I love that that is incredible so what are those last little pieces or nuggets of advice for the the listeners out there that uh want to start this journey what 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 should we be doing if we want to start this journey of engaging with play and rejecting perfectionism
1: yeah. So what came up for me now is I know a lot of people who will say, I'm just not playful. That's great yeah. you can play, but I don't know how it's not possible for me. I don't know how to play. And there's all these like really definitive statements. Um, but I share that it is totally possible for place s- to happen. So if you are feeling really disconnected from play, understandable, but know that that can change. It is not permanent, um, but be mindful of your language. So instead of saying like, I'm not good at playing, start saying I'm open to learn how to play, or I'm learning how to play, um, to really start priming your subconscious mind to make it possible for you to play. And then even just really small moments every day, looking at things with some curiosity. Also, just because you are uncomfortable does not mean it is not for you. It will be uncomfortable and celebrate that and keep going. Um, I'll quickly end with a story. So oh gosh, Um this is four years ago now. So I was still like very much perfectionist, only competitive dancer. Um, and I was a part of this dance group with 200 people aged nine yeah. to four. And we were doing a dance rehearsing um, for this production in Toronto. And in our, one of our very first warmups, the choreograph- choreographer who was um, quite playful asked us all to gallop around the gymnasium like horses <laughs> and- <laughs> I share the story because I was so uncomfortable. I had no desire to dance like a horse. I was like, why the heck would I do this? This is so stupid. But then I looked to my side and I saw these women in their 60s, 70s, 80s, all linking arms. And they just started like galloping away. Yes. And they were having the best time. Like they looked so happy and so joyful. And when I saw that, I was like, oh my God, why can't I do that? Why can't I be like that? Because they were so free. It was freedom. Like that right. was play was giving them was that freedom, that no longer caring, like no inhibition. So um, I share this because if it's uncomfortable, I was uncomfortable too, but you keep going and you embrace the discomfort and you take baby steps and it will be possible for you. So don't let the discomfort be an excuse that you, it's not for you.
0: Right. Wow. I love your message. I love everything that you're fighting for and everything that you're doing for the world. Absolutely amazing. Where can people go learn more about you, your program, and uh, just ask questions if they have them?
1: Yeah. So you can find me at The Playful Warrior on Instagram. I do a lot of content and reels around play and perfectionism. That's fun and entertaining. Um, You can always DM me too. I love chatting. And you can find my website, theplayfulwarrior.com. I also have a new group coaching program that will be running um a few times a year so it's called wild and worthy to rewild you and find that worthiness Uh, so yeah i would love to play with you
0: absolutely wow thank you so much for coming on the show please go follow her pages check out our website also follow the podcast at how to adult tw on facebook and instagram we're going to continue to learn how to adult together